on our church calendar, today is blessed to be a blessing. But on the religious calendar, the larger Christian calendar, today is Christ the King Sunday. Uh, Next Sunday is the beginning of the Advent season. The Advent is the Latin word for coming. And so it's the beginning of the celebrations and the preparations for the celebration of Christ's coming. So this Sunday, the Sunday before the beginning of Advent, is actually the last Sunday of the liturgical or the religious calendar. And so years ago, uh, when this schedule was uh, put together, um, it was determined that this would be a good Sunday to remind everyone and to remember that Christ is King. Uh, He is on the throne, as we've been reminded over these last weeks. Uh, He is on the throne. He continues to rule. He is the sovereign Lord of uh, heaven and earth. And and so uh, that's kind of our focus for, for today. Now, the text comes from Ezekiel, which might not be the first place you would run when you want to talk about Jesus as king. But I think once we get into the text, you'll see that it's actually a very appropriate text for for today. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet and a priest. He was part of the group of Jews that were taken from Jerusalem and taken and carted off into Babylonian captivity. So he is an exile and he is preaching to Uh, predominantly the exiles who are in Babylonia. He also has a message for the neighboring countries, Um, but most of the book are messages of judgment against the people of Israel and against their leaders for their lack of faithfulness and for uh, not following God's uh, uh, covenant and not maintaining that relationship. Towards the latter part of the book, Uh, Ezekiel is going to give some pictures of what the future is going to look like when God is going to unite and restore his kingdom. Uh, And that would be in the first place for Israel when they return to Jerusalem. Uh, But then also it would be for us as we think about that future home that we will share in in heaven with uh, God and all of his angels and all of those who have gone on before us and then those who will go on after us. Now, before I read the text in Ezekiel uh, uh, 34, 11 and following, uh, I, I want to just kind of fill in what the first part of the chapter was about, because that's extremely important. Chapter 34 of the book of Ezekiel begins this way. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. So Ezekiel is choosing an ancient metaphor for leaders. He calls them shepherds. This was something that was common in all of the cultures, not just in the uh, Hebrew culture, but it was common throughout the Near East to call the political leaders shepherds. The Code of Hammurabi, which is an ancient document going back to uh, 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 1700s uh, BC in, in Babylon, talks about the way that shepherd kings were supposed to rule their people. And so Ezekiel begins directing his message to those leaders and he unloads. He goes after them. He criticizes them and he brings down God's judgment on them because these kings... These individuals that God had put in place to lead his people were thinking only of themselves. They were looking out for their own interests. They were 
taking advantage of the people uh, to, to, to provide for their own needs. And then they abused and neglected the flock. And, and Ezekiel criticizes these shepherds for this neglect and for this self-serving role that they had put themselves in. And then he reminds them that this isn't really your people. These are God's people. And he is the sovereign Lord. And he is the true shepherd king. And he's the one that you should be concerned about, not really just trying to fulfill your own needs. The shepherds have failed the flock. The kings have failed Israel. But all is not lost because Israel's true king and shepherd has always been and will continue to be God himself. And so God is going to take over the leadership of his people. And that's where we begin in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered sheep. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day, that day when they were all deported and taken into captivity. I will bring them back to their own land of Israel from among the nations and peoples. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. Then they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down. In peace, says the sovereign Lord, I will search for my lost ones who have strayed away. I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak, but I will destroy those who are fat and powerful. Yes, I will feed them, feed them justice. So, so the first thing that the text emphasizes is that God himself is going to rescue and gather the people together. In the ancient world and even in uh, earlier years of this country, when there was a danger that uh, appeared, uh, the safest thing to do was gather together, form a wagon circle uh, uh, to, to gather and find strength in numbers. The exact strategy is what the exact opposite strategy is what we're using now with the uh, with the pandemic because a gathering is the worst possible thing that we can do and so uh, uh, unfortunately temporarily we will maintain distance uh, but but that was because of situations in the ancient world but then the text goes on to describe all the ways God is going to care for his people and did you catch how many times it said I I will do this, I will do this, I myself. God is going to make sure his people are provided for. The shepherd kings, the human shepherd kings that were put in place have not done that, and now God is going to provide that for his own people. But the picture is not one of only loving care. The flock still needs to have a shepherd because even within the flock itself, there are bullies and there are those who take advantage. And that was the last reference there to the fat ones, to the fat sheep, the ones who were taking advantage of those that were weaker and less strong. And that's kind of where the text goes in verses 17 through 22. For as as for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says to his people. First, he was directing the leaders, and now he's talking to the people. 
I will judge between one animal of the flock and another, separating the sheep from the goats. Isn't it enough for, isn't it enough for you to keep the best of the pastures for yourselves? Must you also trample down the rest? Isn't it, isn't it enough for you to drink clear water for yourselves? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Why must my flock eat what you have trampled down and drink water that you have fouled? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will surely judge between the fat sheep and the scrawny sheep. For you, fat sheep, pushed and butted and crowded my sick and hungry flock until you scattered them to distant lands. So I will rescue my flock and they will no longer be abused. I will judge between one animal of the flock and another and I will set them and I will set over them. Uh, oh, oh, that's verse 23. Just a second. I got ahead of myself. Let's stop right there. So God is saying that even within the flock, it's one thing for the leadership to have issues, but then even within the flock, there is a need for governance and for uh, uh, for certain individuals who are taking advantage of the flock. And so they are going to be separated, uh, um, the fat sheep and then the scrawny sheep, or even between goats and sheep which were all together in among the people, but now they're going to be separated so that those that were taking advantage of the weak will not continue to do so. And then the last thing we see in verse 23 and 24 is how God is going to set up a new king, a new shepherd. Uh, here he's going to be referred to as a prince on that throne. Verse 23, And I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, he will feed them and be a shepherd to them, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be a prince among my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then the chapter goes on to describe the peace, the shalom that they'll feel, the renewal of the covenant, and all of the good that the people can expect once this new shepherd prince, shepherd king, takes place. Now, Ezekiel calls him David. David had died years ago, and we understand that he's referring to someone in the lineage of David, one of the descendants of David, and so he's the one who's going to be called the son of David once he comes and takes his place. Now, as we talk through this text, and as we've read through this text, I'm sure you could hear and see any number of different connections with teachings and actions uh, uh, in the New Testament, particularly of, of the Lord Jesus. Uh, when Jesus came, he used texts like these to shape and to mold his, vi his vision and his mission of, of who he should be and what he should be about here on this earth. Uh, he, he announced that his mission was to seek and save the lost. And then he also clarifies that he came to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He told a parable about how the shepherd had uh, a hundred sheep, but one of them got lost. And so he leaves the ninety nine and goes out in search of that one lost sheep. And Jesus is that shepherd looking for his lost sheep. Jesus identified himself as the good shepherd and focused his ministry on the kinds of things, things described here of binding up the wounded, of encouraging those who are discouraged and helping those who are weak. And he uh, filled his life uh, during his years of ministry with the kinds of activity that a good shepherd would provide for his own flock. But Jesus isn't just a warm and fuzzy shepherd 
cuddling a sweet baby lamb in his arms. In Psalm 23, the good shepherd, the Lord, carries a rod in his hand to ward off evil forces, animals, enemies, any kind of danger that might come to his flock. In John chapter 10, Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd and he protects the flock from thieves and robbers who from without and from within are trying to do damage. And then in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is, when he returns in his glory, he is the shepherd king who will separate the sheep from the goats and, uh, and, and cast those that have neglected the care of the weaker members of their community, and those will then be cast off and away from him. And then as the chief shepherd of the flock, Jesus has appointed gifted men to serve as the physical shepherds uh, uh, in the congregation for the benefit and the building up of the flock. Uh, the task God has given our shepherds, our elders, is to care for the flock, but also to protect the flock from danger. And, and that's the desire that's behind, that's the motivating force that's behind the decision not to have in-person services right now. Their desire is to protect the flock in, in every way that they possibly can. And at, the, uh, uh, and at that time, and at this time, uh, the best way seems to be, with all of the information we have at our disposal, uh, to, to maintain distance for now. Now, at the beginning of the year, way before the pandemic, it's just kind of hard to remember, right, uh, eight months ago, but at the beginning of the year, two men were put forward to enter into the elder mentoring process. Alfonso Thomas, who will be leading our prayer at the conclusion of our uh, lesson today, uh, and also myself. Um, both Alfonso and I have continued in the elder mentoring process, and uh, one of the things that will probably take place is that uh, uh, there will be an installation of new elders once we are all together. Uh, uh, but what I would ask you is to continue to pray for these men. Um, they, they have the heart of shepherds and uh, they are truly and honestly and sincerely uh, putting their best effort forward in, in guiding and caring for this flock. Um, uh, Jeff Hinson, Cheryl Hudson, Jorge Pacheco, Pedro Pardo, Paco Perez, uh, Paul Schwepp, Alfonso Thomas, and then myself. Joyce Banda, the president of Malawi, was speaking at Nelson Mandela's funeral, and she shared the most profound lesson she had learned from him about leadership. I learned that leadership is about falling in love with the people and the people falling in love with you. I can say with all sincerity that that is the heart that our shepherds share, and that is the heart that our chief shepherd shares. He is our Lord. He is our uh, shepherd, our king, our prince, and we are his people. And even though we're scattered right now, we will be gathered and he will bring us together. He cares for us when we're scattered, when we're afraid, when we're wounded, and he personally will make sure that our wounds get tended to. Many times he uses his very own children. Sometimes he uses doctors. Sometimes he uses other resources, but he will make sure that his care gets demonstrated. And that also means that he fiercely protects his people and he will judge those who abuse 
and misuse and take advantage of the lesser of these as uh, described in Matthew chapter 25. And so continue to do good. First of all, to the family of faith and then to everyone that you find, everyone that you meet, uh, continue to show compassion and care uh, for in that way, we can be faithful followers of our shepherd, our king and our prince.